Welcome to this To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly. And you know what? We have been on a still journey. I hope that you've been with us. It's been absolutely incredible. And here we are on the seventh way to find calm in the chaos. All right, ready for this? The seventh way is to wrestle into rest. Sounds like it contradicts itself. Okay, so Jenny, you're saying we're gonna wrestle while we're resting. (laughs) What does that look like? Well, the word rest is literally in the middle of the word wrestle. If you spell that out, it's W-R-E-S-T-L-E and rest is right there in the middle of wrestle. So what I wanna do today is I wanna talk about what it's gonna take for you to get smack dab in the middle of your destiny. Today's podcast is about you and what God has called you to do on this earth. I know that you have something on the inside of you that says, man, life has been pretty good. There's been some ups and downs. There's been some battles. There's been some victories, but God is calling me to do something extraordinary in this season. Can I tell you, friend, it's going to require you to wrestle into rest. So let's break this down. So when we talk about the word rest, you probably know by now, if you've been listening to any of the podcasts or listening to me on Facebook lives, we talk about this word rest as a place, not a verb, not an action, but a place. It's a place of abiding in Christ where you know that you know that you know that the person of Christ, the Holy Spirit is with you in you. You're in him. He's in you. You are inseparable and the presence of God is with you and for you and fighting for you and strategizing with you. And it's the creative pocket. It's the place where you feel like a child and you can take life by the tail and it is an adventure and it is awesome. I call this the pocket. It's that sweet space where you are not alone. Everything you need is at your fingertips because he is there with you, resourcing you with every strategy you need, every idea, every new tool, every financial blessing. Everything is there for you because he is there. He is the person of rest. And I want to transition from this idea that we're going to rest as in relax and transition over to the place of rest to get into the place of rest that I'm describing, which is the best place to live a place where you don't worry about a thing. You don't have anxiety. You have focus. You have intentionality and you have direction and you know your assignment and your mission. It is not a lollygag spot. It is not like, do to do. I'm just kind of floating down the river of rest here. Have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing on earth, but at least I feel arrested. <laughs> that is not rest. That is not rest at all. This place of rest is when you have a very clear direction from Jesus, what you are doing on this earth. Do you want that? Do you want that? Then we're going to get in this place where we are abiding in Christ. In John chapter 15, there is a complete description of abiding and it's beautiful. It says that there is a farmer who's farming and taking care of the vine. The vine is Jesus and we are the branches. And as a branch, we are nourished by what? We are nourished by the vine, by the love, by the love of the vine, who is Jesus. And apart from this vine, us as a branch, we can do absolutely nothing apart from Jesus. So abiding is this place where we don't get all caught up in trying to do life, do business, 
have children, do creative things, do our destiny. And then we're like, oh yeah, God, could you just like sprinkle some blessing on this as I run forward, forgetting that you're the one that's actually leading the way. And so this place of abiding is this union with the Lord Jesus Christ that is so profound and so real that it is everything. You're so aware of his presence. You're so aware of him moving through you. He's given you words. The book that you're supposed to write, he already has written it. He's already done it. You just have to tap in, align yourself with his heart and write it. So this wrestling into rest, let's talk about this. I said this before, but getting into the pocket of rest, this place that I'm describing means that you need to know when you're not in it. In fact, I've told people and I've told myself, it's important, Jenny, that you know when you're not in rest so that you can stop and say, hold on a minute. I'm not in the place of rest. I'm in the place of control. I'm in the place of worry. I'm in the place of panic. I'm in the place of stress. I'm in the place of irritability. I'm in the place of anger. I'm in the place of rage. I'm in the place of leaning on addictions. You know, you name it every other place, but the pocket I'm sitting in that right now, you have to know when you're in the wrong pocket, you're in the pocket of anxiety and you are getting absolutely tortured and tormented in that place. You have to know when you're there. And I would love to tell you that I'm in the pocket of rest 24 seven, but I'm not, I'm not. But the best thing I have going for me is knowing when I am not in the place of true rest of true rest. And you can know it too. You have to be very sober-minded. You have to be willing to be corrected by the Holy Spirit. You have to be willing to say, you know what, right now I'm a little basket case and I'm driving my family nuts. I'm actually driving myself nuts. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to head back into the pocket of rest. And that's what today's episode is about. How do I get back into rest when I'm not in it? Well, you know what? I can tell you right now that at least once a day, I find myself in unrest. I'm not in the pocket, but you know what? You can get really good at going, you know what? I think I will go right back into that thing. And it takes labor. You have to labor into the place of rest. In fact, Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 11 says, so then we must give our all. And I want you to say that out loud. You might be driving right now. You might be somewhere who knows where you are. I want you to say it out loud. Give my all. We must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life. Faith rest. I love how the Passion Translation describes rest. They always attach the word faith to it. You know why? Because I have to actually trust. I want you to imagine right now that you're lying in a hammock. When you get in a hammock, don't you have like just a little tiny concern right when you get in? Like easy does it. I don't want this thing to flip on me, (laughs) right? It feels a little bit like that. When you climb into the pocket, it's like, I'm actually going to have to work at making sure I don't flip this hammock. That is what it feels like climbing back into the pocket because it's like this delicate approach because I could get in this rest and get right out of it in a split second. I have to do this with care. And that's what the word says is to be eager to experience this faith rest. And then I have to have faith that this hammock is actually going to hold me up. Who's the one that tied it to these trees? Did God tie my life together or is that up to me? And when you lay in a hammock, it's only restful if you actually feel safe that it's going to hold you up. 
And that's this faith rest life where you have to work at letting go, release every single thing, R-E-S-T. You've seen the shirts. We sell the shirts. Release every single thing. People buy the shirt, side note here. They, they, they buy the shirt and I say, hey, by the way, that says rest on it, R-E-S-T. Release every single thing. And they're like, whoa, I didn't even know that. I just thought it'd be cool to release every single thing. <laughs> but that is what it means to wrestle into rest is we have to release every single thing. How do you do that? You're gonna have to trust God. And that is a laboring process. So it says here, so then we must give our all Give our all. That's the labor part. Other translations say we must labor. Isn't that ironic that we have to labor into rest? This is what Hebrews says in chapter four. Hey, everybody, you need to labor into rest. Okay, this faith rest life so that no one, even you listening to this podcast right now, listening to this episode, episode I'm talking to you, even you, even you, no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. He was talking about the Israelites as they were lingering at the promised land. They were at the Jordan River and they were lingering with doubt and unbelief. And what the writers of Hebrew is saying here is don't linger at the boundary, the border of rest and have doubt and unbelief. You know what? When we don't trust God, when we don't have faith in him, you know what we do? We take matters into our own hands because we believe that ultimately he's not going to come through for us. And you know what the definition of that is? Unrest. Now you're in control. Now you have to grab the binky to soothe your woes. You have to grab the alcohol. You have to grab whatever it takes to take the edge off because you know what? You're edgy. You're edgy because you're trying to carry your life. You're trying to be the God of your own life. You know how come I can say this with so much conviction and so much passion is because I've lived this out and it is not fun. I don't recommend it at all. I am inviting you today in this very short podcast, I'm inviting you to come over the Jordan River, over the river and through the woods. That just sounded appropriate to say right there. Might have nothing to do with this actual message, (laughs) but maybe you feel like you are in the woods. No, I'm hearing the Lord say that was all on purpose. Okay, Lord, I'm listening over the river and through the woods, through the woods. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. No, you're not lost. Come over to the place where you have no control, where you just have to throw up your hands and say, Lord, if you're a loving father, then I can trust you with my finances. I can trust you with my son. Somebody listening out there, I just prophetically hear that you have a teenage son that you are absolutely freaking out about. You want to believe God that he has your son, but ultimately you don't believe and you're lingering at the place of unbelief. You're lingering like the Israelites. And guess what? They never got to go into the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb did. And so I'm calling the Joshua and Caleb's over the river and through the woods. You know what through the woods is? That is the place where you feel lost. And you know what I know about us as human beings, we don't want to feel lost. We want to feel in control. So we'll stay over in the wilderness where there's no trees. There's no nothing. There's really nothing. It's just a bunch of nothing, but at least we can be in control or try to be anyway. When we cross over the Jordan river and there's Canaan, there's the promised land that was promised to the Israelites. It was promised. This is your promised land. This is your milk and honey. They really wanted milk and honey. You know why? Because they'd been eating basically crackers, worse than crackers, soggy crackers. I don't know what manna was like, but it's like soggy crackers on the ground. Can you imagine how much they wanted the big giant grapes, the milk and honey on the other side? And yet, and yet they said, we can't go over because the giants are over there and they're bigger than us. So here's what it comes down to. 
when Joshua and Caleb, when they spied out the promised land, they saw the same giants that the other 10 spies saw. And the other 10 said, we're sad. We can't go. We can't take those giants. We sure would like the milk and honey. We sure would like the grapes. We would sure like the promised land, but we don't believe that God will actually have our backs. We believe that we're going to die because those giants are big. And what those crazy Israelites did, those 10 other spies, you know what they did is they compared their size to the giants. And you know what? Logically, you look at the giants of your life over in your promised land and they're big. God's like, Hey, you're supposed to own a retreat center, not just to tell us die. You're supposed to run a retreat center. You're supposed to have a book that releases, not just Jenny Donnelly. Hey, you're supposed to have a blog. You're supposed to have a podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying this one, but did you know you're supposed to have one? You're hearing God call you across the line. It's crossing the line. God's calling you to cross the line, to cross the river, the Jordan River. And yet you're saying, yeah, but I don't have a following. Who's even going to listen to my podcast? Well, you won't know until you go, will you? You won't know. So I'm going to call the scary, the scaredy cat out of you right now and say, that's not even you. You're a Joshua, you're a Caleb, and it's time to cross the line over to the promised land. And it's time to start doing the work of God, doing the work of the kingdom, going beyond what you feel safe with. There are some mothers out there. You have really been working really hard on making sure that your children know Jesus. And God says, I'm so proud of you. And now it's time to extend the tent stakes. It's time to take that same mother's anointing, cross the Jordan River and head over to doing something really scary, which is release a blog, release a podcast. How about open your house to a Bible study? Invite those three neighbors over that you've been thinking about. How about have a Bible study with them? Have them over, make cookies, make tea, make coffee. If anything, they'll just love eating. And it'll go well because you have food and you have a smile and you have a hug. It doesn't matter if you have awesome content right now. Cross the river and go. And you're saying, but wait, I have that one neighbor that is really against believers. So I don't want to rock the boat. You know what? That's called a giant. And do not succumb to the intimidation. That spirit of intimidation, that's the giant on the other side. Those 10 spies, you know what they did? They went back over a million people. This makes me crazy. Over a million people were sad and actually celebrated defeat and said, we've already been defeated because the spies gave a negative report. 10 men controlled the fate of over a million people to not go into the promised land. And that was their inheritance. And two guys who said, hold on a minute, those giants are big. It's true, but not bigger than God. And so what Joshua and Caleb did is they didn't compare their human size to the human size of the giants. See, they didn't go in the logical realm. They didn't take their spreadsheet, their Excel spreadsheet and go, well, unfortunately, I'm only six feet tall. The giants are nine feet tall. So according to my calculations, we're going to get our butts kicked. They didn't do that. Joshua and Caleb did not try to find a natural solution to a spiritual battle. They found a spiritual solution to a spiritual battle. And that was the spiritual weapon was God has already told us that he's going to give it to us, which means he's going to knock them down. He's going to knock those giants down. So they got off the logical and went into the spiritual and said, we have faith in God. So when we wrestle Ladies and gentlemen, when we wrestle, we have to wrestle our way out of logic, out of talking ourselves out of the things that God's asked us to do. And we have to say, okay, 
no longer am I going to logic my way into my destiny. I am going to say, my God is for me. He has asked me to do this. I am Peter climbing out of the boat saying, this doesn't make any sense. Putting my feet on water? Really? Can't put that on a spreadsheet. Can't can't put that in a scientific, you know, conclusion. But what I do know is that Jesus is upon the water and he has bid me to come. What does Jesus bid you to come? You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to wrestle into that place of rest. He called Cain in the promised land rest. And he said that they failed to enter it. And the writers of Hebrews said that there is a rest waiting for believers now. That's you. That's you. Did you know that when you follow the destiny on your life and you release your testimony and you just kind of get over the shame of your testimony and just say, I'm not ashamed of this thing. The blood of Jesus covers this thing. I'm going to start telling people that I was addicted to pornography and he set me free. I'm going to start telling people that I was in homosexuality, but I'm not anymore because God has set me free and he loves me. You know, it's time to get over the shame of our testimony and share it with others. I proudly tell my testimony now and it's in writing as for the world to see. Maybe you're just supposed to share your testimony. You're going to have to wrestle into that, my friends, because there is going to be a giant that says, you should not do that. You should not risk. Do you know what your parents are going to say when you do that? Do you know what your sister's going to say? Wow. Your friends, when they find that out about you, Wow, they're going to give you so much flack for that. Those are the giants. And if we let those voices push us back and we don't cross the Jordan River, we're never going to walk out the call of God on our life. And what if, what if we get to our last breath and we never accomplish the thing that we were set on this earth to do? How sad. We can say yes to Jesus. And you know what? That's the biggest victory is to have faith in This Jesus, which by the way, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not even a Christian, but I'm interested. What is this? God himself sent his son to the cross to die on the cross so that his son, Jesus became fully man. He was fully God, but he was fully man, had all the temptations that you and I have had actually more. He's had all the temptations that every human has ever had in one person. And he was able to resist temptation, live a sinless life. He's the only person past, present, and future that's ever been able to live perfectly. So he was the only perfect person to go as a sacrifice. And he died the death that my sin and your sin should have given you. He went to hell. Hell was never made for people. It was made for demons. It was made for the demonic world. God doesn't want a single person to go to hell. And so he sent his son to hell. He died on a cross willingly. He went there in his own will and said, I must go and die and go to hell, pay the price, pay the price for all sin, for all mankind. And then guess what he did on the third day? He rose from the grave. He busted out of the grave. He walked on the earth for 40 days. There's evidence of that. This isn't a fairy tale. There's evidence of him on the earth for 40 days. He was seen by several witnesses. The Bible is not a fairy tale. It's fact. It's a history book. It's a spiritual book. It's a a living miracle word to go into your spirit. He busted out of the grave and he overcame death. You know what that means? Is that you and I, when we say, you know what, Lord? You know what, God? I don't want to go to hell for my sins. I thank you for sending a scapegoat for me. He sent Jesus in your place if you will take the free gift. If, If you went to a restaurant, And 
you went with 10, 12 friends and you said, I'm getting the bill tonight. I'm so excited about this. And you get the bill and it's $672. And you're like, that's okay. That's okay. I'll put on my credit card. No big deal. I'll go into debt for this. I love my friends. And then you go to pay and here comes the waiter and says, you know what? Never mind. Somebody just picked up your tab. I'm promising this. You would be shocked, but you would not say, no, no, no. I insist to pay twice. You wouldn't give that restaurant $672 extra. It already went in the till. They're not short on money. They're saying, get up, put your jackets on, go freely. And you're not sitting there going, no, I feel so bad. I'm going to make sure you have another $672 in your till. No, you're just going, who did that? Who did that for us? Was it somebody at this table? And they say, nope, it was nobody at this table. It was a, it was a stranger. And so some of you out there, you're like, I really want to know this Jesus guy, but I don't know him. So I feel like I'm disqualified from Christianity. You know what? Jesus, before you even knew him, he knew you and he saw you at that table with all your friends. And he saw, wow. Yep. Do you know that even gossip would send us to hell? Some of you are like, but Jenny, I haven't been homosexual. I haven't been a theft. I didn't murder anybody. You know, those are not, sin isn't rated. It's not like, whoa, those are the big ones that get you in hell. You know what? Sin gets us to hell. Even having a thought of wanting to be jealous over what somebody has. Even the thought of, I, w- I wish I had what they had. We Just the thought of pride or arrogance. Okay? So it's not like we have to be these big, bad, evil people to send us to hell. It's sin. God and sin can't mix. And so God says, you know what? I've prepared a place for you, a mansion for you in heaven. That's what the Bible says, a mansion for you, a place for you in heaven. And he invites you to come into heaven, but sin can't come with you. So you have to say, okay, if my bill, the debt I owe, I don't want to pay the debt in hell. I, I want to receive this man, Jesus, that already paid for me. He already paid the bill, but it was a lot more than $672. It was a price that you'd never be able to pay. Okay. So first things first, you might have to wrestle into this decision to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you right now, and I want the rest of you to pray with me over this podcast, if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna ask you right now just to begin to pray for all those people that haven't done that, that's listening to this right now. And I'm gonna invite you to do something so simple. We're not asking you to join a church, a logo, a community church. There's nothing like that. That doesn't get you into heaven. Joining a church doesn't get you into heaven. It's confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for your sin. And if you believe that, just say it out loud. God, I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins. And I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. It's that simple. And just say that aloud, even if you're by yourself. And if you are by yourself and you did confess that aloud, you prayed that aloud, it's not a formula, okay? You can't mess this up. You can't say it wrong. If you believe in your heart right now and and some of you right now have a warmth and a love that's entering your heart like never before, you actually feel extremely free right now. That's because God right now, and that's his grace, that's his mercy. Right now, he's wiping out your sin. It's going and being buried into the depths of the sea. The shame of it, the guilt of it, 
the weight of it, the heaviness of it, the torment of it, it's going to the depths of the sea. Every single solitary sin, past, present, and future. And now this man, Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit, is in your heart. He's in your heart, literally right now, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you right now and you feel a love. You feel a love right now that is pouring through your veins, pouring through your body, and he's inviting you into an exciting adventure and life with him. And guess what, my friend? You're still gonna mess up. You're still gonna stumble over your own feet, but you now have this man, the Holy Spirit, who loves you, who wants you, who is so excited about having a relationship with you, but guess what? You're heaven bound now. Your name goes in the Lamb's book of life. When you take your last breath, which you will, and so will I, the next breath you take will be right there and the book will be open and they'll say, hey, come on in. Your name is written right here. We've been waiting for you. We have a place all for you in heaven. What a miracle. And that right there for some of you, was the greatest wrestle of faith that you've made in your lifetime. The most important one that we've all made in our lifetime is right there. And for those of you that have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a new invitation. And that is this, are you ready to come into your promised land? Are you ready to come into the place where you're gonna make a mark for the kingdom, where you're gonna light up dark places and you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it as well as you can You're not going to do it perfect, but who cares? Because you're going to do it. You're going to light up dark places. And there is a place for you at the king's table to light up dark places. Yes, even you, the one that goes, but I'm not good at speaking. I'm not good at writing. You know what? You don't have to be. You just have to be good at loving others. That's the highest call you have is to love others. Step out of the boat and love others. People outside of what's normal for you. People outside of what's comfortable for you. And I know that God is calling you into a specific direction. Father, I ask you now that you would penetrate the hearts of every single listener right now, God, and you would point them in such a specific direction of their destiny that they would be called forth, forward into a very specific place where you're asking them to light up dark places in their workplace, in their business, in their family, in their neighborhoods, in their churches, in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Before we end this broadcast, I want you to lean in. I don't want you to turn this off. I know sometimes when someone's winding down, I'm like, oh, it's over. I'll just turn it off right now. I don't want you to do that because I want to share something, an invitation. If you are a female and you are beating with something inside of you that says, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. What is the next The third great awakening is coming. We are on it. We are on it. And there is a call and it involves you. It involves young ladies too. I see ladies all the way down to junior high, high school and up to the oldest of the oldest. If you are still breathing, if you still have a heart heartbeat, (laughs) God is calling you. He's calling you. And we have heard the call for a million women to step forward to step forward and be a part of something so radical that there would be another awakening in our country, in the United States of America, that a million women would give birth to another great awakening on the planet. 
we're doing something very special. I know that women all over America are beginning to wake up. We're just doing our part, which is to call a million women. We have a long way to go, but you know what? I don't think it's that difficult. (laughs) There's going to be giants. Does it matter? No, it doesn't because God is bigger and I'm calling you and I'm calling your friends, the ones who are not listening to this podcast. I recommend and I invite you to share this, share this podcast, send it to all of your female friends and send it with a text that says, you're one of the million. You're one of the million. And we know that we will be standing in the mall in Washington, D.C. We will be there very, very soon. I don't know the date when that's going to be, but we will be there together with a million women and we will be part of ushering in the third great awakening. And we will be women who are sold out for Christ, sold out for loving people, so much so that a wave, a billion soul harvest comes into the kingdom of God. There are so many sisters that we're missing. There's so many women out there that don't know the price that was paid for their sin and they don't have to punish themselves anymore. They do not have to live in punishment. They don't have to live in torment. They can live in the greatest gift that has ever been given to us, which is sins removed forever and a place in heaven and a place in heaven on earth right now, heaven in their heart. I see women calling women into the next great awakening and a billion soul harvest. I think you're a part of that. Everybody's gonna have a different part to play, but I believe that you are a part of that. So here's what we're doing. You know what? If I could get away with never having social media, guess what? I wouldn't do it. (laughs) But I had to wrestle into this. I had to wrestle into this four years ago. And God told me, Jenny, You're going to have to get on social media. You're going to have to do this to call the women at the level and the numbers for which we're calling them. So guess what? We have a Facebook group that opened in 2016 and we are calling another wave of women into this Facebook group. It's called Her Voice Movement. Her Voice Movement. When you go into this group, I want you to request to be added. We will approve you. We'll call you in and I want you to invite I want you to ask people permission. I don't want you to just automatically add them. I want you to ask permission for your friends. Say, here's the link. Would you join this group? You know, if people are added and they didn't get to decide to join, I just think that's less effective. It's kind of like, hey, while you were asleep, I took you across the Jordan River. Guess what? There's a giant. It's like, yikes. Kind of wish I knew what was up there, you know? So, I would like you to not add people because you just can. I would like you to invite them to add themselves because I need a, an army of women who are awake, alert, vigilant, not perfect. I don't need perfect women. I need women who say, you know what? The life I'm living is awesome, but I'm ready for more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more inside of me that I'm a part of. And I believe that you are a part of the great awakening, the billion soul harvest. And I believe that a million women are going to cause that billion soul harvest to come to pass. I believe it's you. So go to her, go to her voice movement on Facebook. It's a group and we're going to, we're going to approve you. And I need your help. I need you to send this podcast 
to as many friends as you would. And I need you to invite them into the Facebook group. We love you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing for Tetelestai Ministries. You matter. You've made a difference. We believe in you. And that's why we're here. We believe in what God has put inside of you. We don't want to do it alone and we can't do it alone. We're going to do it with you. In Jesus name. We'll see you next time. 